Hey, thanks, worship team. Appreciate you all. Outstanding. It's good to see you. Wow, you didn't want to get too close, did you? <laughs> I guess the danger of me falling off the platform would be a profound thing, so maybe you're wise to sit further back. Um, I don't know. Uh, I heard an old, old story. You probably heard it, too, about this uh, a gentleman that was preaching. He was getting into it pretty heavy and... Uh, uh, could have been in the hills of Kentucky, I, I'm not sure, but uh, he's preaching about the return of the Lord, and he said, Behold, I come quickly, and that didn't seem to be enough, so he backed up a little bit, and while he was preaching, the whole time uh, he'd been preaching, there was these three dear uh, older lady saints in the church sitting right on the front row, and he backed up, and he said, Behold, I come quickly, and that didn't seem to be enough, so he backed way up, and he charged toward her, and he said, Behold, I come quickly, and he went too far, and he hit the pulpit, and he flipped out in the air and landed in the laps of those three women and of course he was mortified and embarrassed and ashamed and I've experienced all those emotions in church uh, when I was preaching or not preaching even and and uh, he said oh as he was trying to delicately get himself out of that situation he said oh ladies I'm so sorry and the little one in the middle reached down and patted his face said that's all right preacher you told us three times you were coming <laughs> so old story maybe you hadn't heard it so it's a new one if you, if you heard it before Thanks for the mercy laugh. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to see you tonight. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Appreciate the, the spirit of his presence and his reality and who he is and what he does and, and how much he does love us. I, I hope you know that. I, I just, uh, you, know, we can, you know, we can hang around the church and do church stuff for a lifetime and, and miss some of the most profound things. And one of those is, is just how much he loves us. I mean, as he approached the end of his ministry, he prayed to the Father that the love they shared, that the love the Father had loved him with and in, uh, would be in us, and, and we would experience that. And uh, wow, I just, I want to lock in on that because uh, it's, uh, it's a great thing to know you're loved, isn't it? You know that? Isn't it? You're pretty quiet people, aren't you? Well, that's okay. Somebody has to be. I'm not signing up for that. No way. Do I want to get quiet now. It's too late. I've been making noise for a long time. I was born on February 29th at 8 o'clock in the evening, and I was, I was, I was very early. I, I was almost two months early, and... Uh, I weighed about three pounds, and I went down below that. And, of course, that's nothing now. But in those days, that was pretty dicey business to be that little. And, and I couldn't cry, and I couldn't make a sound. I was so weak, and I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't uh, drink a bottle or nurse. Uh, they had to fill up a <clears throat> medicine dropper with formula. And that's how they fed me. And <laughs> I spent a lifetime trying to c catch up, and I overdid it. And now I'm trying to back off, but uh, uh, I can make plenty of noise now, so I, I'm married to a quiet woman, and uh, so I make, I make enough noise for the whole family, the whole household, and uh, have for years. So if you're not, that's okay. That's okay. I love you. appreciate you. Don't understand you, but I, <laughs> and I don't understand her either, not just for that, but all those reasons why men are a little confused by their wives. But uh, we, can, we can make joyous racket in our hearts and praise the Lord, amen, when we're feeling the presence of Holy Spirit in our lives. Hey, I want to take you to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. These are in those last so important 
messages and discourses that Jesus gave to the disciples as he was uh, preparing to, to suffer and die and to rise again. I'm glad we're getting close to Easter. We get to celebrate again. And we celebrate every day the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And in John 14, 15, 16 to 17, um, all the scholars agree that it's in these passages that Jesus teaches so much about the person and work of the Holy Spirit and how much we need him and how much he is involved in our relationship with Jesus. And they were looking at a, a forward to a time when he would no longer be with them in his bodily presence as he had been so long. And, and they were totally messed up by the idea that he was leaving, that uh, they, and when he said, it's expedient for you that I go away, it's better for you, they couldn't wrap their head around it. But they would later know that when the Holy Spirit came, the promise of the Father, Jesus would be intimately connected to all of us in our hearts, indwelling us and we wouldn't have to be in his physical presence uh, to know his presence and his provision for our lives and that's great stuff so, so gave you a little chance to find John chapter 15 let's begin at the first verse I think that'd be a good place to start don't you verse 1 alright let's do it Jesus saying to the disciples I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser my father is the husbandman every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. And you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. He's already ministering to him the word of God and had been for all these years, three and a half years. He said, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now he goes on to say, again, I am the vine. You're the branches. Let's not get those confused. We're not our own source. We're not our own supply. We're not our own strength. We are, we're, not the, we're not the main thing. He's the main thing, right? And we are, we are the branches. And so he goes on to tell us as the, uh, I, hang on, I lost my place. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. How many of you have ever proved that? I've proved that in practical daily life application that I can't do anything separated from him that's worth talking about. Isn't that the truth? Oh. And uh, when I was a much younger preacher, I used to get so bent out of shape. And uh, my sense of... Uh, how things went was, was based on things you can see with your eyes and, uh, and measure some kind of quantitatively about what happened or how many people prayed or how many whatever. And uh, the Holy Spirit has spent a lifetime trying to teach me that results and what I can see with my eyes are not, not a proof of anything uh, other than I can see it. But his, the reality of what he does sometimes is unseen to our eye, but it's a marvelous thing, and I've recognized that I'm not going to, I'm just going to try to depend on the notion that he's the one that does the work. Aren't you glad he does? But I'm so glad he does it in us, and we get to participate, we get to cooperate in that. Well, I, I'm doing again what I did this morning, preaching before I'm done reading. So let's just get back to it. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and it is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. 
But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You see, one of the ways to indicate if we're really living and abiding in him is in fruit bearing. No, oh, we're going to talk about that. We'll see what happens. As the fathers love me, there it is. As the fathers love me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. One last verse. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Interesting, after talking about doing commandments, following the rules, or not the rules, but keeping his commandment, that that's attached to this joy thing. I mean, listen, uh, when I was young, the idea of following commandments was not something that brought me a lot of joy. Huh? I, I thought I was being reined in, and I was. And I thought I was being directed, and I was. And I, somebody was trying to exert some level of control over me, and they were. And it, but it, wasn't, it didn't feel like love to me. It just felt like something else. But man, when your heart's changed, and God deals with your spirit, and it teaches you that if, that if God is asking you to do a thing, and you respond and do it out of love for him, it changes the whole dynamic. Right? I mean, yeah, if you do it because of love. Right? I mean... Oh, listen, I, uh, I spent a lot of Sunday afternoons uh, cleaning up the kitchen after my stepmother dirtied every pot, pan, spoon, and fork, and spatula in uh, one half of Peach County, Georgia. And it was great food, but man, what a mess. And then uh, I get to clean it up. I was the oldest of all of the siblings. I was by far the oldest. Uh, my youngest sister is 16 years younger than me, so I got the duty. And I didn't, you know, I got where I got chafed about that. And uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Now, I'm married to a woman who is extraordinarily efficient and, uh, and just takes care of everything. It's amazing. But you know what? I, I, I don't mind doing dishes for her at all. I don't mind loading the dishwasher. Uh, I don't like unloading it, uh, you know, because that's a two-step process there. You've got to unload it and put it away. But, of course, that's, uh, that's a man thing. But, I, you know, it changes the whole dynamic, this thing of love, isn't it? You know what? I do what I do because I love Jesus. Right? I don't have to preach. I get to preach. I, 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 don't, I don't have to follow the commandments. I get to. I want to. He's changed my heart. So let's talk about abiding. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. That's scary. I, I ran across a thing while I was looking at this passage, and it said, uh, better, be, better to be cut and bleed than to be cut off and cast aside. Amen? And burned. I, 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 I'm amazed that uh, in, in Orlando, a pastor for 11 years on the east side of Orlando, and we had a large orange grove beside our church, and, and they would come in and they would do what they call, they'd buckhorn those trees. And I mean, it looked like they'd ruined them. I mean, it looked like they destroyed them. I, when they came through and cut those branches, it was like, oh my goodness. Those pathetic looking trees, when they were done, you thought, there'll never, never be another orange on there. But amazingly, in the next growing season, bam, 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 they're just popping out all over the place. It was like, what? And uh, I would like to bear fruit rather than be barren, wouldn't you? So abide in him. Let's talk about that. What's, this, what's going on with this abide? You know, you could, 
You could go to Sunday school all your life and not abide in Jesus. You could attend worship services by the hundreds uh, for a lifetime and not abide in Jesus. You could pay your tithe and not abide in Jesus. Now, I'm not saying those things aren't important. I'm just kind of laying out a little line of thought here. You can, you can do a lot of great things but not abide in Jesus. You can be a really moral person. You can, you can, uh, you can have a really high standard of ethics and you can be very truthful and not lie and, and be very accurate and, and faithful about your taxes and still not abide. You can be very religious and not abide in Jesus. I want to abide in him. So I got to digging around. What does that mean anyway, to abide in Jesus? I mean, so I got to looking around and... Uh, I went to the original Greek course. I couldn't make anything out of that. So I, I trusted translators and commentators. So I got to looking. To, to abide in Jesus is saying, remain in me. Stay joined to me. Continue to live in me. One said, live in life union with Jesus. Ah. Make yourself his home hmm. live in me be present in me clearly Jesus talking to the fellas before his death resurrection and ascension in the pouring out of the Holy Spirit they weren't going to grasp all of this now but later they would and he tells them during these discourses that there will be a time when they fully comprehend what he was talking about and that they would believe and they would understand and they would comprehend all that because when he's talking about without me you can do nothing and in the back of their minds they say he's going to die and we're going to be without him you know there had to be some disconnect in how they were hearing that but Jesus was letting them giving them an insight that when he the Holy Spirit has come the promise of the Father that we could abide in him we could make our home in him we could be united by faith in a life union with him and that that to, that to live would to be Christ to live and, and to be in him and to know him and to dwell in him and make our home in him man that's what that's where I want to live don't you and during times like this, and we're, we're just kind of taking a look inside our heart and our mind, you know, if we're not careful, we can, we can uh, it's not, you know, Jesus is very faithful to keep us close, but uh, a great deal of that has, it has, a, has a whole lot to do with us, doesn't it? It has a whole lot to do with our choices, decisions, priorities, right? I want to live in him. I, I, I want to abide. I want to be close. I, I want him to be so present. And, and there's a lot of reasons why I want, because to live near him and the fellowship that we have with him is so good. I want to live. I want to abide in him so I can know his presence and I can experience his power, that I can, that I can be aware of his presence. Now, we're not always consciously manifestly aware of his presence because of our humanity because of our brokenness because of our fallenness but I tell you what every now and then it's, isn't it wonderful when the Holy Spirit just floods you with an awareness of his presence and you just know and you know that you know that you know and you maybe not be able to give a logical explanation for what you feel and experience in your heart but you know it is the witness of his abiding spirit and you're going oh man this is the greatest thing in the world to be able to know Jesus isn't it I mean, really, it's just like... But, but another reason is I, I want to always be ready. I want to be ready for his return, too, don't you? 
I want to be prepared for when he comes. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, he's coming. He really is coming. And this old world that's rocking on the rim of ruin, broken down, is going to see some more troublesome days before the great and notable day of the Lord. And so I want, the, I want to be a part of a bride that's waiting and ready and, and anticipating and busily involved in what ministry looks like as we prepare for his coming. Listen, John later in his epistle said, Now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and, uh, and not shrink away from shame at his coming. I want to be, uh, God wrote a book sometime, some years ago called On Tiptoes with Joy. I want to be on tiptoes with anxi uh, anticipation of the coming of Jesus. I, I want to live close as I can. And uh, I mean, there were times in my life, if I came home and nobody was home, I, I figured, man, the rapture's happened. I'm, I've missed it. Huh? One time, one time at Bible college, I stayed through the summer and worked on campus, and there were about six of us. And one night I came in. I don't know where I'd been, but I came in kind of late, and I was going around. I went to the first room, nobody there. The room looked like, you know, there'd been people there, and the light was on, but nobody's in there. So I went to the next room, and the guys weren't in there. I went to the next room, the guys weren't in there. And now I'm going, well, where is everybody? So I went out into the shop in the rec room, and nobody's out there. And so, man. So I, I, and I've exhausted all the possibilities because I knew where everybody was staying. And uh, we were spread out all across the dorm. There weren't many of us working. And so finally, I, I didn't hear a thing. The dorm was quiet. And men's dorm quiet, that's not normal. And so finally I got to the third floor. And finally in the last room I looked, there they all were. I got to tell you, I was kind of relieved. I thought, dude, I'm at a Bible college and think I'm called to preach and I've missed the rapture? That's just not good. Right? But, but I don't, not only did I not want to miss it, clearly I don't want to miss it, but I, I don't want to have any shame or anxiety about it. I want to be knowing that I'm where I need to be, right? So, so how do we know if we abide in him? I mean, is there a certain kind of tingly feeling you get? Yeah, I've, I've had some tingly feelings about, uh, you know, when God's presence, right? Have you? You're just like, ooh, man, that was, oh, that was great. But, you know, I had a, you know, when I first kind of got infatuated and saw my wife, you know, and realized what may be going on there, I got some tingly feelings, but didn't have a lot to do with Jesus. It was just, you know, all right. Just mark that off. That sure went nowhere. I, you got to watch those tingly feelings. I've hit my elbow on the corner of a desk and got a tingly feeling, but it wasn't. Mm. See, John wrote again. See, he's kind of like his own commentator on what he wrote, what, what, what he recorded of Jesus saying. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And that's what's going on here. Jesus is preparing them that the Holy Spirit is the, the one in whom and through whom we abide in Jesus. So let me ask you, are you abiding in his love tonight? And are you, are you living in his love? Is, is, is love uh, making his, its habitation in your heart? And is the Holy Spirit, you know, as, as we know from the word, the Holy Spirit distributing and shedding abroad in our hearts the, the love of God through the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit helps us love people that we wouldn't even like. Have you ever loved somebody and you really didn't care for them much? 
You say, that sounds like a contradiction. Oh, listen, I pastored churches for 21 years. Let me tell you, I love some people that I wouldn't have picked for a picnic. Huh? I, I don't know if any of my visits here, I talked about Sister Battleship and the, oh, the battles I had with that lady. Oh, my word, she was something else. She didn't like me from the jump. I mean, from the, I, when I interviewed for the church, she, she didn't like me. And uh, she didn't like me when they had to vote either. And after I got there, she didn't like me. In fact, I'm not sure she ever did like me there for a long time. And, uh, oh, boy, it was something else. And, uh, and I know it's what some of you are thinking. Well, you might not be the most likable guy in the world. That's the truth. That's the truth. I was young and ignorant. And, uh, you know, and she was what she was and I was what I was. And, but the Lord finally got me to where I had to love her. I knew I had to love her. Amen. And I did. He helped me. He took me to the woodshed. You say, well, how long did it take you to love her? Well, it took me a while. Well, how long? It's none of your business how long it took me. I just did. I got there. I got there. And I did love her for Jesus' sake and for her sake. And I began to understand her a little. But most of all, I just loved her. And I, was, and I made up my mind I was going to love her whether she cared a bit like me or not. And he helped me. Got, he gave me freedom, man. I could preach again after that. And, and uh, I left that church and went on. And then... Some years later, went on the road, and I was back there holding a revival in that church. She, she left the church. Uh, I went to the post office one day, and there was a letter there, and it said she wanted to transfer her membership to the other church in town. Woo! That made some of you shout. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. I didn't shout in the post office, but I was feeling pretty good, Pastor. Man, if she felt like she needed to move, I wasn't going to stand in her way. You said, don't sound like you loved her. Oh, yeah, I did too. Man, the Lord and I really went at that. Well, she transferred. Well, I go back in that neighborhood to hold a revival, and she came every night of the revival, and I, I got to tell you, she hollered amen, and she had the best time of her life, and after the service was over, we were all walking out the aisle, and she turned around, and everybody could hear her because she had a voice like a bullhorn. She said, I always knew he'd be a better evangelist than a pastor. Which I believe was her way of saying, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I love you a lot better now that we're not so close together all the time. But you know what? God can help us love. Amen. And we know, we know we're abiding in him because he's given up his spirit. And we love through his spirit. Are you living in the spirit? Are you walking in the spirit? Are you praying in the spirit? Are you worshiping in the spirit? I mean, are you allowing Holy Spirit to be to you everything Jesus was to the disciples as he walked around with them. I mean, I'm talking fellowship, I'm talking intimacy, I'm talking about exchange, I'm talking about dialogue, I'm talking about listening, I'm talking about walking in obedience. Wow, are you abiding? I got a feeling you are. Uh, I, got, I got a good feeling about that because you're here, right? But sometimes, if we're not careful the ebb and flow of life and age and experience and life kind of takes the edge off and we can get distant I want to stay close I want to stay close to him amen uh, I'm, not, I'm not a great romantic guy but uh, I left my wife a card and I, I had the card on a, on a Wednesday before I left and I filled it out, and then I put it where I didn't think she'd find it until after I was gone. And in the card, and I won't share all the mush and stuff, but uh, in it I said, I, I, I wrote this out on Wednesday, 
and I'm already missing you and I didn't leave till you know Saturday and I was I, I literally was already starting to miss her and I was just going to be gone a few days you said why is that well because I've been loving her since 1972 and that's a while that's 50 years isn't it been married to her 48 and a half and so I know what I know about that right but I know in our relationship if I if we don't cultivate it and communicate are y'all still here and if we don't share ideas and if we're not kind and if we come on there's there's a thousand things that we do in our relationships as human beings that that make the fellowship and the love grow and rich and debt and have depth to it and mature and, and go through the hard places together so in our walk with Jesus we, we've got to be we've got to be really intentional about this thing and be engaged in allowing his spirit to speak to our hearts and and to remain in him this 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 abiding and dwelling is indicates this ongoing activity it's not like well i i heard about a guy that uh, uh was at a camp meeting and uh, he didn't like the second blessing message very much and and so he said, well, he said, bless God, all I got, I got all at once from Jesus at the altar. One trip did it for me. And he'd been testifying like that for over 40 years. And one of his children said, you know, if, if, if dad had got a little more as he went along, it would have been better for the rest of us. <clears throat> you didn't miss that, did you? No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I need Jesus. I'm not kidding. I know, I'm aware of how capable I am without him. See, what he, he's, not, he's not joking around when he says, without me you can do nothing. Anything of real consequence that happens in our lives is because of the goodness and grace of God and, and his presence in our lives. And, and the minute we think it's us, we're missing the whole train. Right? When, when we think we've got what it takes... I, I was uh, trying to mentor a guy who felt like he was called to preach some years ago and, and uh, asked him to, to, I had to be out of town and I said, hey, can you take care of Wednesday for me? We were in a Bible study time and, he, and I said, can you do that? And he said, yeah. And he seemed a little petulant about it and I said, what's the matter? He said, why don't you ever ask me to preach on Sunday morning? So I was feeling particularly anointed. So I looked at him and said, well, Preaching Sunday morning or Wednesday, that's not the issue. I need you on Wednesday, and I want you to do it if you're able and if you're willing to. I said, uh, and, and let me just tell you something else. If God is calling you to preach, and you get an opportunity to preach, you drive 100 miles to preach on whatever night it is they want you, because that's burning in your heart, man. It's trapped in your bones like a fire, and you got to do it. And I, I said, uh, if you can't preach, if you can't deliver a message for God on a Wednesday night, you're probably not going to do very well on Sunday morning. Was that harsh? It sounded harsh the way it came out just then. I, I, was, I was actually kind of kind to the guy. I, I mean, I didn't yell at him or anything, which is amazing. Hmm. I was holding a meeting in this place, and a little lady came up to me. She said, I sure do wish you were our pastor. I said, no, lady. You don't know what you're asking. I've got a short shelf life. You can put up with me till th Wednesday, most of you. 
You're giving the offering just to make sure I leave this county. So, <laughs> so I get it. Okay. This continuing, ongoing. This is, this is, somebody called it the organic life of Jesus. This Christ in you, the hope of glory. His living in our heart. And the evidence of the union is fruit. Now there's some question, is he talking about fruit like we're, we're helping people get into the kingdom of God? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, but, but could he be talking about the fruit of the Spirit being reproduced in our lives? Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's talking about that. Well, which is it? Well, it's not one or the other. It's both and. He, he wants to produce fruit in our lives. He, he wants to so live in us that, that people notice the, the difference in our character and the way we love and the way we respond and the, and the, and the if you will, the vibe on our lives and and people notice. They notice that when we're going through trial and adversity or brokenness or illness or loss, there's still something different in our response that's, that's, that's supernatural. And they, they go, I don't understand how you can have joy in this situation. How can you have joy here? And it's not like we're trying to fake it till we make it. It's just that the joy of the Lord is really our strength. And down beneath hurt and pain and sorrow and separation and illness and, and struggle and loss and all those bad things that happen in human life, there's this presence and power of Holy Spirit in our lives so that we, re we don't respond like the world responds. Yeah. And it's especially noticeable, you know, when I love new believers. They're so excited about it, and uh, they want to tell everybody. They just want to tell everybody. And I don't know what happens. Maybe we get afraid. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Just to be able to witness and bear, and bear that type of fruit in the lives of other people. And what's the song we sang back in the Jesus movement days? They'll know we're Christians by our love. And we, we, we can't fabricate that love. We can't, even, we can't even reproduce that love. It has to just come through our lives through the Holy Spirit. And, and, and isn't it great to be around a group of people that love? Aren't, aren't, there, people, aren't there some people in, in this body of believers that you're closer to in your relationship than, say, relatives? Not to mean you got crummy relatives. Although you may have. I don't know. We don't get to pick our relatives. But we do. We have made a conscious choice to pick this crowd. And from where I'm standing, though I can't see you real well, I know you're there. Uh, not by the raucous amens, of course. But I mean, I know you're there. And I know you're listening. And uh, my wife never makes a peep in church. And she doesn't even clap her hands, right? I mean, seriously. I, she doesn't clap. And man, great singers and musicians have tried to get her to clap her hands in worship. She won't do it. My pastor and I agree that if we ever see Elizabeth clapping and running the aisles, we're both going straight to the altar. Because God is moving in the house if Elizabeth gets turned out like that. But she's just quiet. And, but man, she's the real deal, boy. Whew, man, does she love Jesus. And uh, she loves Jesus more than she loves me. And that's a good thing. That makes it better. But uh, she don't. She went, I, in fact, I think she had a claparectomy when she was a little girl. None of that's noise you make. It's about real love, isn't it? 
You know what the little girl said, don't you? Love is like a lizard, wraps itself around your heart, and nibbles at your gizzard. Yeah, it's that good. It's that good. See, the evidence of the union is the love that's being shared and emanating from our lives through the Holy Spirit, and then the production of that fruit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit. Wow, and, and it's so great. Uh, I, I, there's a guy I've heard uh, on, on YouTube uh, preaching about, uh, even after he was preaching, pastoring, he, he would actually... I, I don't guess he, he was in a place where he was making any kind of money from the church or maybe he didn't want to take it. I don't know. But uh, he was working a, a regular job in a warehouse of all things. And he said, he said the guys at work would get so freaked out because he wouldn't get mad and he wasn't he wasn't a hater and, and he wasn't shirk and he wouldn't try to get out of work and he's always trying to help everybody and they were trying to figure out what's he, you know, is he smoking dope? Is he crazy? Is he a psycho? Is he a weirdo? Is he in a cult? And what it was, it was just the fruit of the Spirit that was being demonstrated in his life. And after a certain amount of time, then he noticed that the guys would come slipping around and say, hey, dude, uh, yeah, I got this thing. Can, can you pray for me? Man, he'd just climb right up on the forklift with him and say, let's pray right now. He put his hands on him and pray, you know, right there in the shop, right there in the warehouse. And uh, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Isn't that cool? Amen. So I don't know. Maybe, you're, maybe you don't drive a forklift. Probably not. Maybe you're not working in a warehouse. Maybe you're retired. That's That's cool. That's cool. Uh, the only reason I don't want to retire is I want to preach and I can't afford it. Uh, that's not necessarily the order. Yeah, yeah, it is too. I want to keep preaching. Uh, but but and I don't know how long I can and how long I will, but I want to, you know, keep trying. And uh, if you all think it's time, just let me know, you know, d discreetly and kindly. Say maybe it's time, bro. Okay. But, but being retired from a secular job, that's just a change in the way we do things that's that's not any kind of a release from fruit bearing and connectedness and intimacy and abiding and dwelling in him right hmm just thought I'd throw that in I don't know maybe somebody need to hear that fruit bearing living in love and Jesus knew that they couldn't do that not only couldn't, they wouldn't do that over time without the Holy Spirit. Because over time, without the indwelling Holy Spirit, they would forget the things that Jesus said, and they would, they would somehow, the years would pass, and, and the immediacy of his presence and his personality and his, his life-giving influence could wax and wane. But in the beauty and the wisdom of the Father, there was a promise made that Holy Spirit would come. And everything that Jesus had been with them, Holy Spirit will be in them. And that even though they would get in trouble sometimes when they get 20 miles away from Jesus, and maybe not even that far out there trying to cast out demons and, and not having any success and quarreling about who would be the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus knew and the Father knew and the Spirit knew that without his indwelling presence, we would not stay united. We would not stay linked up. We would not abide. We would not dwell in. We would not live our lives in him. We wouldn't have any way of fulfilling this thing. It would just become another religion. But it's not just another religion. 
It's the most amazing thing on the planet. And we get to abide in him. So on a Sunday night, I think it'd be good if we would just let God, through his spirit, just wrap us up here at the end of this and allow him to refresh in your spirit and in mine the awareness of, his, of how close he is. Be aware of his dealing in our heart and mind about those things, those situations, those relationships, or those challenges that in any way would interfere with what he would want to do. So I, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Bruno if he'd uh, join me back on the platform and, and just play quietly for a minute and, and uh, maybe all, the, all three of the guys if you want to come. We want his continuing, ongoing, immediate, intimate, personal expression of his love in our hearts. I, I couldn't begin to under, know and understand what you're facing in, in the next month, say. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what's happened. I, I, you know, we've been through two years of COVID and, and we've all experienced all kinds of things since I was here last and, and, and life has continued to happen and, and family, the ebb and flow and the flux and change of our culture and everything else. And I know this, nothing in the world... Nothing in this physical world that we see out here is any kind of friend to abiding in him. And the reason our fellowship here will be more and more important now as we come toward the return of Jesus is the culture is going to keep sliding downward. And, 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 and there, there, there very well may be, as many have predicted and prayed for and prophesied, that there will be a real move right before Jesus comes. And I, I believe that two things can go at the same time. I believe these are the best of times and the worst of times. These are some of the best times for God to move in reviving power, but these are some of the worst challenging days as far as evil and iniquity abounding and the love of many waxing cold. So in the midst of all that, it's good for us just to open up in a fresh way and say, Holy Spirit, renew and refresh my heart. Let me go deep with you even tonight and have a fresh touch. Let's, let's bow our heads. We're not, I'm not going to have you stand. Or just, I, just want you to, I just want you to saturate a minute. We thank you, Lord, that we, uh, we want to be the ones who keep your commandments because those that do that abide in you and you abide in us. And we know that you're abiding in us through the Holy Spirit that you give us. So really what we need and what we crave and what we long for and what we must have tonight is, the, is a fresh, clear witness of your spirit that we are, we're just walking and living in you. And, and we're not morbidly obsessed with, uh, we're not checking our spiritual pulse for fear that we backslid, but we are aware of how deeply we need you. And so in these next few moments, as we just rest in your presence, Lord, hear us when we say that we want to be we want to be completed by you, by your spirit. We, we want to be preserved 
and kept by your Spirit. We don't walk in the Spirit. We want to pray in the Spirit. Jesus, we, we want to worship you in spirit and truth. And so, we just open our hearts right now on a, on a Sunday night, just us. And the only pressure that we want to feel is the gentle, persistent pressure of your spirit witnessing to our heart. Speaking the personal truth that we need to hear from you from the word tonight. We want to Lord, I believe if I know these folks' hearts, they, they want to walk in the Spirit. Because we know if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh and we'll not be caught up in the tawdriness and the tinsel and the false and the phony and the ungodly part of our culture that we live in, fallen, broken, more depraved than ever, being told that we've got to believe a lie is true, that truth is a lie. So much craziness we want to be surrendered to you Jesus because we want to we, we choose to be Lord we choose tonight to be surrendered to you we choose tonight to say yes to you we choose on this Sunday night right in the middle of living life It's like the old hymn we used to sing, If ever I loved you, if I ever loved you, Lord Jesus, it's now. Stir our hearts. Really, Lord, just stir our hearts. Lord, we want to pray in the Spirit. We want to pray as we should. We know that there are times the, spirits, the, the, the Word says that the Spirit of God helps us to pray when we can't even frame words to express the longing of our heart. That you can even, you can even hear our prayer through the groaning of our spirit. You interpret, the, you interpret the brokenness and the inability to express it even in our, in our human vocabulary. You just know you're so good. You're so good. Love on your people tonight, Jesus. Love on your people tonight. I'm really aware, Lord Jesus, that uh, I've got my three score and ten in now. And I don't know what tomorrow holds, and I don't know what revivalism and evangelism is going to look like in the next year or two. I don't have any idea. And I don't know how much time I've got left. But Lord, I want you to hear my heart that I want to maximize all the time that I have. I want to maximize the moment. And I want you to live in me and speak through me and love me and help me to love. We want to be real and we want to be genuine. We all do. Fill us with your spirit again tonight. Fill us with your spirit again tonight. We're reminded now that you said when you prayed later in that 17th chapter, you, you prayed, Father, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you will keep them from the evil, keep them from the evil one. 
What you prayed for us then and what you're praying for us now is what we agree with. We let, help us make a difference in the world and the culture and in the place where we are. But keep us from the evil one and keep us from evil. Protect us and fill us and dwell us. Help us keep the armor on, the sword sharp. The helmet securely fastened. The breastplate of righteousness. Faith is a shield. Help us to abide in you. Really, live in you. Make your home in us, Jesus. Be present in us, with us, through us. Wherever we go. If we suffer, let us suffer well. If we, if we rejoice, let us rejoice greatly. Abide in us, Jesus. Bless your people tonight. Lord, I pray as they pillar their head and sleep tonight, they will know the peace of God that passes all understanding. We love you. We really, really do love you, Jesus. We're going to abide in you. Revive our hearts in the midst of these years. Continue what you have begun in all our lives in these days, in this season. Continue what you're doing in this body of believers. It's exciting and it's good. Let it grow. Let it spread. Let it go deep. Let it widen out and touch a lot of people's lives. And we pray that on the day we get all those Easter eggs out, there will be a receptive people here to hear and understand the Word of God just enough to be aware. We pray that people will be saved that day. People will know Jesus that day. That people will be impacted with the gospel of Jesus that day. That it will be a time when people leave. Even the ones that can't understand what they felt. That quickly they will come to know that it was the presence of Jesus through godly people that they felt. We thank you that it's a lot more than an egg and a rabbit. <laughs> We're glad you're the living Christ. We love you, Jesus. And all of God's people said... Amen. Amen. Would you stand, will you? Hurry. I'll start again if you don't get up. I got nowhere to do and go and nothing to do. So, all right. Now, all of you folks on this side of the house, look that way. All you folks over here, you look that way. Get a good look at each other. You can see each other better. And I can see you if there's anybody in here that just really, really, you really struggle with. Just go to them right now. Get that thing straightened out. Ha! I don't think it's going to happen. Aren't you glad you love each other around here? Yeah. Okay, hang out. We love you. You're dismissed. God bless you. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful going home. <laughs>